like love? Are you a night owl? Then Late Night Love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And please remember, love everybody. And thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight on another adventure through It Ain't Light Love. Hey. Um, I'm a bit melancholy today, so we're going to tackle an interesting issue. We're going to talk about, here at first, about dealing with your inner demons and how to love yourself while dealing with the inner demons. We all have inner demons. You know, some of us, our inner demons are manifested through trauma, we have had some trauma, childhood trauma, adulthood trauma, what, you know, life is full of trauma. So there's plenty of reasons for your inner demons, for inner demons. And if you don't deal with that trauma early on, those inner demons become large. And as you work your way through life, you know, the trials and tribulations of life make the dealing with that even harder because you're piling on top of that initial trauma, you end up creating additional traumas along the way, trying to avoid dealing with that initial drama trauma. And the long-term effects of this, you know, a lot of times they can be pasted over maybe, but in a stressful time, like we're living now where we have, you know, fear of illness, fear of civil unrest, the uncertainty that, you know, life has impounded on us, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for, or a word. You know, we've had all this forced upon us. None of us have kind of chosen the life we're living right now, or very few of us have. And so... You add all that stress and those inner demons are likely to manifest themselves in various ways. And we've seen this ripple across the country. A few weeks ago, I saw the CDC director and he said there is more suicide deaths than COVID deaths. Now, depends how you calculate these things and we won't know for a couple of years. And so the question is, how do we love ourselves enough to deal with those demons? I mean, it is an act of love to sit there and have to go and say, okay, I love now love myself enough to go deal with these things. But the problem is you're fairly rarely are you in a place where you feel like you love yourself when those demons need to be dealt with. Those things usually manifest themselves when you are least likely able to deal with it. And that's why it's so dangerous. And if you don't have a loving support system, if you don't have people near you to help keep you on track, how do you do that? How do you love yourself enough to keep yourself from spiraling out of control 
And then once you do start spiraling out of control, how do you love yourself enough to reach out to somebody despite that? Especially if you've been routinely hurt in your life by people who are supposed to be there to protect you. It's a difficult thing. And sadly, the only thing you can really do is trust on the love of yourself. And you need to understand that fixing yourself is the only way to become the person you want to be for the ones you love. And it's not an easy thing because we don't want to use emotional manipulation, emotional blackmail to try to force someone to dealing with themselves. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about some other reason, some piece of strength, some reason for existing other than yourself. Because when you are in that place, you don't love yourself enough to exist for yourself. That's how we end up with suicides. And so you have to look. You have to see your reason is the love of my children, the love of my grandchildren, the love of my community, the love of God. Whatever it is for you, you must find it and hold on to it. And for the rest of us, when we encounter or we know somebody that is struggling, that is having a difficult time, that is not at their best, that is having to face internal demons, we need to find somehow the love in our heart to deal with that The word that comes to mind is honorably, but it's the wrong word. You have to come at that with this place of compassion, un compassion, unconditional love. You can't expect anything return. You can't expect them to acknowledge because they're in a bad space. They won't figure out. They may not figure all that out from us. And you have to be willing to accept it. And that's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to go to a to a mental health care facility and sit with somebody you love and watch them deal with that. I've had to do it on a number of occasions for a number of different people, and it's difficult. But you do it. You do it because you love them, and you do it because you know in the long run that is part of the recovery process. And if you're not part of the recovery process, you're part of the problem. And, you know, there are some times where you might not be able to be that person. Maybe you've had a past relationship with someone who's having an issue and it's not healthy for you to be the one they reach to. And so you, all you can do is support those who are there for them. You can still help, you can still support, but you have to do it behind the scenes, essentially. Because those other people are going to need your support. Because it's not easy giving support to somebody. 
it's an emotional roller coaster. They need someone to talk to. Yeah. When you come home from visiting someone you love in a mental health facility, it is an emotional thing. You're drained. Not because you don't want to do it, not because you mind. It's just because it just is. Someone just you is. someone you love is hurting and there's and you don't have the skills to do anything but sit there and try to be the best self you can be while you're sitting there. And sometimes it's harder to not sit there. I know there were times where being there was not the right thing. You said, I, you can't be there right now. And that's also hard. You know, there's a few days, you know, there's ebbs and flows in these things. But being mindful to being the best you you can be, to remember that as you are helping someone through these difficult situations, that it's not about you. It's about them and that your reward is simply being a good human being. Karma will pay you back. And that's the only payback you should be needing. Okay, now there is no good segue out of that one into anything else. So let's, but if anybody well, can shift gears, if anybody can manage it, it's, it's this you. guy. Yeah. So from wisdom of dealing with mental issues, let's deal with there's a complete opposite end, but yet just as insightful. The Wisdom of Red Cream, one of my favorite shows. I love the show. We, we kind of love it because it's it's family-friendly simplicity, I suppose, is the easiest way. Kind of a variety show. It's, it's not hard on the brain. It's not hard on, but yet. It's entertaining. It's entertaining, and there are moments of depth. Yes, there are moments of depth. And the main character, his name is Red Green, but the the... The comedian who plays it is Steve Smith. And as he said, I, we were listening to an interview once, and he said, it's not it's not a lack of intelligence. It's a waste of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great explanation of it. It's not. There, there's intelligence underneath there, but they're just throwing it away. It's kind of they're having fun with it. And, you know, sometimes turning the old noggin off, and just kind of watching, I mean, it's a definition of family-friendly humor. Yes. I mean, the kind of the raciest thing he gets is at closing when he drops innuendos about going home to his wife. That's, and they're not even all the time. Well, they're directed at her. Hey, Bernice. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, he's not making comments about his wife. He's no. Not, no, he's saying, what, what was, oh, I'm trying to think of one about where he was. He was saying, I've been this close to getting lucky every day. I was hoping to come home and hope my stays, what was it? Or I've been lucky all day. I'm hoping to come home and have it, keep it going. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's family friendly, but it's not, there's no crassness. There's no, there's no cussing. There's no sex or nudity or any of that stuff in it. It's just kind of old school goofiness. Old school goofiness is a good description. It's just old school goofiness. And in the modern world, some old school goofiness is a nice thing. So you've got some notes from this old school goofiness. And yes, so we. well, he has a particular segment called the Wisdom of Red Green. And we, were look, we went through and we were looking at him and we came up with some questions 
uh, based on it. Now, this is not, not these aren't directly from Red Green, but it's what inspired I got by. inspired by Red Green. Okay, our first question. Why are relationships so difficult? Because we're human. Since when do humans do anything easy, the easy way? I mean, don't get me wrong. We're inherently lazy, but we're also, we, we have a need to try to find out new ways to do things. And that new ways of doing things creates problems. And in relationships, it's no different. I mean, relationships have that two issues. You've got that issue where you want to try new things. You want to keep spice in the relationship. You want to keep things interesting. But at the same time, there's a uh, certain, what am I looking for? Comfort and stability. Yes. And so that's how you end up in a rut. And so in a sense... In, in a long-term relationship, you're always fighting this dual battle between the rut and veering off onto some wild tangent. And so how do you not get in a rut without kind of losing the sense of where you're going in the relationship and the relationship having no direction in the relationship okay. in your life? Because relationship at 19, 20 years old are vastly different than relationships in your 30s and your 40s. Yes. And it's not because people care less. Or it's just your life is more complicated in your 30s and your 40s or even your late 20s. You've got career paths. You've got families. You've got biological clocks ticking. You've got all these various pressures that you don't really have in your 20s. And your 20s is all about finding your foundation, finding your path, finding your sense of you. And your 30s is about building on that and doing something with that. But those are two different things. And when you have a relationship that transitions between that, and your long-term relationship in your 20s, and you transition between your kind of 20s, the experimental running around, carefree days of your 20s, you've got the rest of your life, to the, your 30s where, okay, we've got issues to be dealt with here. We've got things we didn't dealt with, psychological issues, trauma issues, all the realities of your life start to hit you in the 30s. And so relationships are hard because people are hard. We've got complicated lives with various motives, with various needs, and and the change on a regular basis. <laughs> One year we want to be a lawyer, and then you know after you've been a lawyer for two years, you go, "God, this is awful. I want to write books." It happens all the time. Yeah. Or you go to school to do your this thing, and you get out to, to you know you go to school for eight years to be a doctor, and you finally get a chance to be a doctor, and you go, "You know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I want to open a business that you know that sells golf clubs. I figured out this new golf club grip or something. And you open your business, and you now. I had a my boss once. I had a boss once who ran a hose company, just hydraulic hose company. He was an engineer. He was a space engineer, but yet he seriously says he has started a company to make hydraulic hoses. It had nothing to do with anything is really of his engineering. He had to learn a whole new type of engineering, hydraulic engineering, <laughs> but he didn't care. He was. It was he didn't like 
the working for those large corporations. And so, you know, they were lucky. Him and his wife were smart, go-getting people. And so they were always going to find some success somewhere. But life is hard. Relationships are hard because people are human. It's really, I mean, that's a lot. I can use a lot of words, but in the shortest way, because we're human and humans are complicated people and we change on a daily basis and the stresses and the life and the world around us changes and everything has an equal and opposite reaction. And that's what works. That's how life is. We're complicated individuals. Yeah, and then yeah. you try to put two of those complicated individuals into a relationship. That's why I don't understand how these people have these polygamous marriages with three, four wives or whatever. How? Why? I, why would you? Oh, my God. The complications of the relationship give me a headache. And I don't even just start even. You're headache. not even in one. <laughs> <laughs> how do? No, no. Okay. So what do we got next? Okay. Here's a good one. What if you have nothing to say? Then don't say anything. Now that doesn't work here because you know I'm I've got to talk even if I have nothing to say. I have to kind of stretch it and vamp. And you hate when I do that. <laughs> but when we have nothing to say on air, we have to just say things even though it doesn't mean anything, which is you know harder than it looks. But in a relationship, if you have nothing to say, then don't say anything. It's okay to silence is okay. There's nothing wrong with just being there and enjoying the silence, enjoying the, enjoying being in the same room as the person you love. You don't have to fill the space. You can, you can just be. There's no reason to always be filling things. Yes. Especially if your love cup is already full, there's nothing to, and you've talked, that everything's been dealt with. In a sense, you could argue if there's nothing to say, you're your marriage is either in trouble or a success. But my guess is if your marriage is in trouble, you'd have something to say you're just choosing not to. So if you genuinely have nothing not to say. genuinely have nothing to say. Say, your marriage is probably a success because you routinely talk about everything that needs to be discussed and there's nothing on the table right now. You can, you can enjoy moment of quiet reflection. Not even quiet reflection. Hey, we got nothing to say. Let's turn on red green. Shut the old brains down and just have a nice, quiet 25 minutes. Doesn't have to mean anything. Doesn't have to be anything. It can just exist as dead time. And who cares? Because you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seems like a success to me, but you know I'm weird that way. I suppose I don't need to fix anything that ain't broke. <laughs> it's true. So what okay, we got? I have a very. Uh, to me, this is very interesting. Do men really sit around just thinking about nothing? You're sitting there. You're doing nothing. So you're obviously thinking, right? No. No, we're not obviously thinking. What makes you think? Obviously, we think just because y'all can't turn y'all mind off. Don't think we can't. Trust me, when a man is sitting there, we may theoretically be thinking about something. But you probably don't want to know because it's either gross or something stupid. So you really don't want to know. 
or yeah, oh no, it's gross or stupid. I was gonna say, or they're thinking about some 1981 baseball game or some stuff, which is stupid. So I suppose it qualifies as stupid. 1981 baseball game. We do that kind of stuff far more than we think. So, but for the most part, if we're sitting there and you go, "What you thinking about? Nothing." We're not thinking about anything. We we're, think you're being evasive. No, we're probably. We might even be actively not thinking. Actively not thinking. Yeah, consciously making decisions to not think of shit. Pardon my friends. <laughs> <laughs> a thought goes in your pop, starts squeezing into your head. No, no wait. No, no, we don't want it. No, 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 no. Yeah, you push it out. I got to meditate to do that. Oh, no, we're men. We can do that at the drop of a hat. That, I think that's our natural state of existence, if you want the truth. State of arrest? Yeah. If we could get through a whole day without thinking about anything, but I've got to go to the bathroom, we'd be off. We'd be, That's be, an awesome day. It'd be the greatest day on the planet. Yeah, but I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thought that crossed your day all, all day. <laughs> then I got the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, I'm telling you, we're simple sim creatures. We're simple creatures. And you, the problem is women don't believe we're this simple. You think we're making it up. Yes, I, we think you just don't, don't want to tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, but see, then you make us think of something up. Make something up. Because we will. Then we'll just make something up. I don't know what the brakes in the car need to be done. I don't know. That's how you get all these goofy-ass answers, because we'll just make something up. So it makes... So you just pacify us so we'll go away, right? Yes. <laughs> How old are you? Twelve. <laughs> it's easier because if I say nothing, no, you're really it's a whole twenty minute conversation when I wasn't thinking of about anything. how you don't want to share yeah. the nature of our relationship. How I don't want to share what I was thinking about when I did. I told you I wasn't thinking about nothing, and now I'm thinking, why the hell won't you shut up? <laughs> I was enjoying a pin minute of peace and quiet is what I was doing until you came along, right? Start to tell me I'm thinking. <laughs> so no, if now there are times, but if we tell you we're not thinking of anything, even if we are, that it's don't push. It's my suggestion. Because we well tell you, you well know if we want to talk to you. Yeah. It's not like we don't tell you. We're just we're as bad at you guys. As much as we complain about your unhidden sig your hidden signals that we can't decipher, we're just as bad. We have no room to, to complain, to be honest. We're just as bad. Hidden signals? What hidden signals? Yeah, like we're just supposed to know. No, what hidden signals do we know? Well, they're more mood signals than anything else. I was gonna say, I know when you're when I'm in a bad mood, I come to you, I'm in a bad mood today. I need a lot of room. But when you're in a bad mood, you just get really quiet. I don't see you as much. You spend more time in your office. Yeah. Maybe I'll see an angry Facebook and I'll go, aha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because I'm, I'm being nice to the world around me. Or yes. trying to, anyway. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I think we have more have mood clues. But it's so it's fundamentally it's no different than well you should know what I'm thinking about. We really don't know. You should know what I'm mad at. 
we really don't know unless we've done something stupid and then we're not sure which stupid thing we've done that you're actually mad at and so you need to be more you needed to be defined (laughs) we need to know which dumb thing we may have done in the past i don't know however long the the statute of limitations is so we know which thing that we actually supposed to be because man, we don't want to confess. You mean to like taking off in the middle of the night, not telling anybody? I had take off in the middle of the night. I walked down. I was. I went out the street to you look at the corner. The, if I would have left the house in the middle of the night, you would have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad. I would have. I would have never left. I would have been I concerned, but also you can't walk that far, so you couldn't have gone. Anywhere. I can't too. I went to the corner to take a picture, and then I decided to go down and take a picture of the thing. And then I, anyway, I didn't really mean to, to walk away. I didn't like bail out the house. I know. And I'm sitting here on camera, so don't make me sit here and make faces back to you to try to get it. Say it, woman. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just giving you a fucking hard time because I want you to remember it because I don't want you to do it again. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll try to lock the door next time. How's that? Well, that would be nice. <laughs> we can compromise on that. Because I walk through the house and I'm like, I'm the only one in here. And I'm like, what, did the rapture happen or something? And I'm the only, how did he get to go and I didn't? Because you know? <laughs> I'm an angel, that's why. <laughs> sensible thing to me you know, I was only planning to go to the corner I wasn't I and mean, we had a corner house so it's not like I wasn't even barely leaving the property I was gonna but and so that's the original thing I can't believe you well, I hadn't planned to go take a walk and take nighttime pictures but I needed pictures for our daily dose things because of our, I'm adding pictures and you to, got some really good pictures uh, so I got some pictures. Uh, you showed me that I can't wait for people to uh, and so Take I got some, and, and, you know, I'm not an artistic picture taker or anything, but just some snapshots just because so when people watch it, they don't have just sitting there looking at a stinking logo. And so you just try and take some pictures that aren't ugly. And so go check out our daily doses. We release them every day now. And we also put them on YouTube and Facebook a week after the podcast. So podcast gets them first. Podcast gets them first. Then we release them on Facebook and YouTube. And over time, we will eventually do things like the when we record them, we'll put them behind, you know, for sponsors, for uh, subscribers and, and people who help out. We'll but get, we have we'll it. get there. Yeah, we're we're just, we're building this thing one step at a time. We're a lot of what we're doing now. People do before they actually start their shows. We're still in the. We are technically speaking. We're still in the oh in the development God. stage. Technically speaking, we're still in development. Can you so. tell I'm new at this? I've never done this before. <laughs> Kicking and screaming the whole way into the 21st century technology. You still got a clipboard. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will never give up my clipboard. Okay. So what else do we got? Okay. This is a mystery to everyone, uh-huh. to all women. Why don't men want to stop and ask directions when they're lost? Okay. Remember how... Oh, wait. Was that on last night? Love, you asked a question and I said because we don't like to admit we're broken. Was that a daily dose? God, I feel like too many of these things. That was daily dose. We asked, why don't men want to go to the doctor? And you said, because you don't want to admit we're broken. You mean this is the same lame answer? Yes, essentially. We don't, what? We don't want to admit we're incompetent. And for men, getting lost is a sign of incompetence. 
it's incompetent? Yes, for us. For you. Well, at least for those of us with any type of navigation sense. My son Michael doesn't mind because, well, he gets lost in a paper bag. But, <laughs> but, but for those of us with some sense of direction, yes, getting lost, it's, it's like a failure. It's like failing. And no one likes to go up to a stranger. Hey, yeah, I failed, man. Can you tell me how to get out? No one wants to do that. You don't even like doing that to the person you love. And so now you got to walk up to the person, some stranger at a, at a. Well, what do you care what he thinks about you? Well, we don't, except we do. Uh huh. We don't care 10 minutes later. But uh -huh. for that minute. For that minute, you do. You, we care a whole hell of a lot. Didn't say it made sense or it was intelligent or bright or smart or, <laughs> or any of that. A good idea. And so they're, no, 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 no. But they, to, in our defense now, we no longer have to worry about that. That's true. We have. These things are great for not for when you get lost. Cell phones. Yes. These things are great for when you get you got, lost. You're at your Waze app. Yeah, Waze or Google or whatever, you can usually find your way to a major road. Even if all you have to do is, is kind of look and figure out which direction you've got to go to get there. Which is also added to the perils of for women of going on adventure, quote unquote, adventures with men. You know, the waste thing can be off. Yeah, but you have two of them. You've got your own, too. Oh, I have my own too. Oh, okay. So, well, know, I've done that on occasion because I because mean, uh, I, I question your navigational abilities. Anybody questions my navigational abilities is beyond me. I have superb navigational abilities. My navigation abilities are almost as superb as my TV show timing abilities, and it is time for us to. To create a break to insert our Anchor FM ad. And we really do love using Anchor FM to make our podcast. It's a it makes making our daily doses really actually very easy. I, we can, don't, I can even use it. We don't use it for the for this, for to record the, the long show, but we do use it for recording the the daily doses. We both sit down there with our things, we sit down there and nail them out. <laughs> and it makes that insanely easy. It really does. Now we just gave him a second commercial. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> what do you have over there? Okay. This is, <coughs> this, is, this is a question so you can give some, your opinion to guys on how to answer the question. Does this make me look fat? Run. Run. Run fast. Run far. That's my answer to that question. Now, the That's real answer. That's not very practical. No, but it's the smartest answer. But you're not, it doesn't work. But the answer is look, when your partner asks how they look, are they fat? Are they attractive? They know how they look. They've got eyes. Almost, you know, they can see. They know what their body looks like. They know how they look in a. They know if they look fat. They know if they're, they're not the way they like to look. 
That's not what they're really asking. Especially no. women. Women are asking, do I look nice to you? Am I still beautiful to your eyes? Do I, you know, do I look fat to you? We've had this discussion that you had a bouncing weight and I didn't notice. I I gained a hundred and lost a hundred pounds. But I didn't notice. <laughs> Why? Because it's a slow thing, and you know me. And yeah, this has been over the past two years. Yes. It was a slow thing, and it's not. I suppose it's not that I didn't notice. I suppose it just didn't matter. I mean, I, I guess think about it. if I probably noticed, but you're you. I loved you, not your corporeal form. Well. And so, you know, it's, and it's strange. And so it's, I still see you. I, I can't even tell if I actually see, if I'm seeing my version of you or if I'm seeing the real you. I don't actually know. How can I tell? And uh, the hell with it, what well, do I you, care anyway? You, you made positive comments on my weight loss. You're like, when I had on, I usually wear loose clothes, but one day I had on a tight shirt and you were like, hey, you really slimming down there so it's not like you so i yeah and it shocked me maybe it's because of the clothes you usually wore the big clothes and so it was and then you had the, hey <laughs> it was like hey wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that was it hey so hey that huh so maybe it's just been a while since i'd seen you and you know who knows what the what the visual trigger is we're men we have visual triggers i do i i usually wear loose clothes yes now we do as men, when we ask that question. Do men, does this make me look fat? We're actually asking the actual question. Because like, I have certain shirts that make my man boobs stand out. And so, <laughs> well then, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right, and so there are certain issues, that there's certain couple shirts I don't wear, they're a little tighter around here. And so the so men want more of a direct answer. Yeah. Now, if I had pecs instead of man boobs, then I wouldn't mind so much. But I've got man boobs, and so you know. Well, here again, I don't really notice. No. Well, yeah. It's I don't care. I could solve my own problems, you know, with a little bit of working out. It don't even have to do much. You can use these five pound weights and just tone them up. But I'm far too lazy for that. <laughs> <laughs> And you wouldn't have to do that much. I know no. you want to drop five pounds and, and you quit eating potato chips. You're killing me over here. You know how much work I have to do to get off five pounds? You know what's surprising for me about, with me about that is that I lose five pounds by stopping eating potato chips. How much potato how chips long is, do you eat? Well, this is true. That's that part of it. But how long is that going to last? I'm 50 years old. That can't last much longer. That kind of thing. Oh. There's no way in hell that can last much longer. So you're going to have to put an effort in at some point. Well, this is, this is going to get ugly. No, I'm just going to get ugly. You can never be ugly. You're the kindest man I know. Yeah, but I can get fat. I can get three chins again. I get here is where I get my weight. And uh -huh. here is uh -huh. where I get my weight. <coughs> Oddly enough. Okay. That's where I get all my weight is. It was just then how we get around onto that conversation. Man, we're just bouncing all over the earth today. So, for well, those of you who are going, this show has no, no meaning, meaning whatsoever. 
Yes, you do. We're, <laughs> we're, we're basing our, our material off of the wisdom of red green. Well, the red green is our inspiration. This show makes sense then. <laughs> yes, it does. Because it doesn't make any. <laughs> okay, I have a serious question. We have serious up here. Oh, man. Okay. When does pornography become a harmful addiction? Hey, that's not wet green. No, that's not red green. No, I'll get back to red green. We can answer that. We'll answer that another time. Another okay. time or at the end of the show. I, I don't I don't want to. We'll, let's stick with something red green. Are actions louder than words? Most of the time. And with most people, actions are louder than words. Because your words say one thing. But if your actions say something else, your words aren't believable. It doesn't matter what you are, whether a relationship, whether you're at work, whether you know your politics, it doesn't matter. Pick and choose. If your actions are different than your words, you lose credibility. Yes. And so you do that enough times. I mean, everybody bounces into the realm of hypocrisy every now and again. It's part of being human. You, you know, it's how you deal with that and making sure you don't do it as very often, making sure you pick and choose. But where the hell was I going with that? Do actions speak louder than words? I forget where I was going with that. Damn the joint. That's yes, funny. they do. <laughs> I mean, I know they do. It's that took me forever as a young girl, as a teenager. You know, I was like, I just listened to the words that boys would tell me and I'd be led around by my nose and it took me a while to figure out, you know, well, well unfortunately, well into my thirties, you know, did I really <coughs> get it? Well, at that stage, it's, you haven't had enough experience to know whether their actions match the words. So you can actually be excused as a, especially as a young person, because you not only, you don't have enough experience with that other person. You don't have enough experience with life yet. And, it's, you know, it's a good thing. You get to experience more things as young when you're young for that. But did you lose your train of thought again? Give me that joint. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Give me that. <laughs> this is going to be a... Uh, I'm not sure if this is a good show or an awful uh, one. I'm having fun. We hope you are too. Yeah. Well, I start, hey, you know, I started this day very melancholy. So I suppose the fact that I can sit here and laugh is uh, that's a good thing. So we've accomplished something. So what we got next? <laughs> I, mean, okay. I know we didn't really answer that question to whatever the hell it was. So Yeah, we did. We gave the short answer. We okay. gave the short answer. And a rambling answer yes. that meant absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> I apologize. Why is it so hard to change? That's based off a of red brain. Why is it so hard to change? It's so hard to change. I, we're creatures of habit. We don't like picking up new new things well first we have to understand red green is talking when he's talking about these things he's talking to adults our age 40 plus he's not talking to young people because young people change weekly so this is for a more mature audience 
Um, young people, what they don't have trouble changing is is a mindset. But actually, it's not even true anymore. Never mind. Young kids change at the drop of a hat nowadays. The access to more information, they can change quickly. It's not necessarily a good thing, but they can change quickly. Us old people, as you get settled into your personality and you get settled into your life and you get settled into routines, we hate change. We just do because I know this world. I, I know I'm competent in this area. I'm competent. That's me. I, I know how to deal with this. I, I can deal with all this. And I don't know over there. That's a different world. I could add something to this thing and it could change the whole structure of my little world. I don't want to do it. And then sometimes it's hard, not just emotionally hard. We're talking about, you know, depending upon the change, it can be an emotional difficulty, but it can also be physically hard. It's like when I broke my elbow, I had to learn how to use a mouse and type with my left hand. I'm, that was a hard change. You know, it was forced upon me. I had to do it because my right arm was in a sling. But it's a hard change. No one would do that if you didn't have a broken right elbow. You wouldn't choose to do it. Right. Because it's too hard. It's the, the learning curve is going to be too long. The, all the various. And I got work to do. I can't take the time to walk around like someone who's trying to, like a toddler trying to figure out how to play with a car. It's, <laughs> you know. It's, it's just too hard, physically hard. And as you get older, I don't got time for that. So right. older people, we've got lots of reasons for not but changing. It just doesn't seem, I'm going to use the word fair. It's ah! not fair. La, 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 when la. you want to change something, it should be easy. You know, it's just, I, go ahead. Let's hear your speech. I really don't want to give my fair speech when I'm talking on about love. Come on. <laughs> You're supposed to be talking here about love, and you want me to rant on for 20 minutes about how life ain't fair. Nobody ever signed up for fair. Where the hell has it been signed up for? Never in the history of humanity. No, screw that. Never in the history of the freaking universe has anything been fair. And then define fair. Who's the fifth definition of fair? Who, is it my definition of fair or is it the anthill's definition of fair that I just nuked with my bug spray? Who's fair are we talking about here? <laughs> that just, one? I'm just saying. <laughs> is that fairness speech? <laughs> if you want to, yeah, that fairness speech. <laughs> How many times? It would be fair did, for me to give the fairness speech. How many times did your children hear the fairness speech? My children heard that fairness speech enough that they feared it. That they would literally, if someone was within earshot, they would say fair. My children would run. Don't say fair. Don't say. <laughs> I literally didn't have to give my fair my that my fairness speech for over a decade because. The kids didn't want to hear it anymore, and they made sure no one around ever said it's not fair in my presence. I think I've forgotten it, if to be honest, even though I think I could write it again real quick. <laughs> I was worried if I'd forgotten it. No, no, it's like riding a bike. It comes right back. <laughs> and I'm not sure I like you very much for bringing that one back out right now. 
show you how much I love you. Everyone needed to hear it. I'm not sure everyone needed to hear it. Okay, should we move on? Yes, we should. <laughs> Why don't men like to buy new clothes? Because we hate shopping. It's, it's boring. Yeah, but we come home with new clothes, and you know, it's like you don't want to put them on. They what do they feel funny or? Well, no, we'll put them on when we get around to it. You guys want us want to try it on like we're on a runway model and stuff. Well, yeah, we got to know if we got to take it back. That's. I just want some pants to put on, some socks to put on, some shoes to put on. And a shirt to put on and walk out the door. And yeah, I know. I just overdid the put on thing. I apologize. But seriously, I we don't want to think that much about our clothes. You remember when kids were, remember the days, back in our youth days, Granimals? I remember Granimals. You can mix and match all kinds of yeah, different outfits. Yes, but it was great for boys because you just matched the right animal. And the clothes matched. Yes. Yeah, you didn't have to think about colors matching or anything like that. Just if it's got an alligator, it matches the alligator, and you're sweet. Was that for men? Well, they, I think they had women's girls' clothes too, but it was designed for boys. Yes. Now they should do that for freaking men, but you put them in the tag or something, so it's not like shown like on the animal on the stupid thing. We really should. Yeah, if someone have there. Someone can have my idea. Tag code bins closed so we don't have to think about what goes together. I'm stunned right now. <laughs> Why? It's an outfit. You all can't put together an outfit. We don't want to put together an outfit. Don't you care about how you look to the outside world and your friends and oh, being oh. with your family? You don't want to be an embarrassment to your loved one? No, we don't care. We No, this is not true. We do care. We care enough to put on something that's coded for us so that we don't embarrass the person that we let. Well, okay, this has not got nothing to do with embarrassing <laughs> so we don't have to listen to you tell us over and over again about how embarrassed you are because our jeans have paint stains. and uh, that No, it was your shirt, and it was around Christmas time, and you should have changed it. That was one of our biggest fights. I still remember it. That was years ago. We, that was when we first started out. That was eight years ago. I still remember that argument. Now I'm getting that again. What's the next question? Ha, it's your Should turn. Should have changed that shirt. It's your turn now. You got me. <laughs> yeah, the late night love show where the hosts are mad at each other. We talk about love. <laughs> Okay. You're so silly. Okay. The deepest question I want to know. Uh oh. I don't get it. Are we sure you want to ask this today? WWF. What is up with that? Oh, that's just a male soap opera. It's like Days of Our Lives for Boys. That's really all it is. The storylines are the same. There's just there's a little more physicality, but I don't think there's there's less death. Well, then soap operas, yeah. Yeah. But it's just a soap opera. The storylines are literally the same storylines. You've got rivalries, and then you've got love triangles, 
And then you've got some guy who's a good guy and then becomes a bad guy and a bad guy and then becomes a good guy. And yeah, it's all the same thing. It's literally the same thing as a soap opera, just geared for boys to watch instead of girls. Okay. It's not any deeper or shallower than that. If boys would watch soap operas or girls would watch wrestling, you wouldn't have the other. But because fundamentally, the vast majority of boys and girls are want their drama delivered to them differently, get different forms of drama. Gotcha. Okay. Another deep question. Bah humbug. What's up with that? Why that? can't you let what's wrong with Christmas? When is getting an assault on me over here? This has become attack the host day. Why do I don't get into Christmas? No, I'm talking about guys. Most men are just like grumpets when it comes it's just another day. You know because we have to pay the bill? I guess. I don't know. Well, part of the thing is once you become no longer a child, and if you're not a parent, Christmas has I don't know, it's it's a day to honor your family, to, to kind of be with your family and whatnot. But if you're not a kid person, if you don't have a large family, Christmas is going to be just kind of a thing. Especially nowadays where so many people live across the country from their families. Their, their Christmas family is their, you know, their bar friends or their work family or, you know, that small social circle who also was either gone on Christmas off to see their family or their doing the same thing. And so I can see it. I think maybe that comes from this massive living in these massive cities, because I think if you go to men in the Midwest, that type of thing, I bet you they have a different attitude. They're not so bahumbug. Unless of course, they're the one paying the bills. And then it's just men being grumpy about writing checks just because we're grumpy about writing checks. We don't even necessarily care about writing the check. We're just naturally grumpy about writing the check. We could even want to write the check. We're still going to be grumpy about writing the check. <laughs> <laughs> we could want, the, we could be buying ourselves a boat. We could, we wanted for 10 years and we're still not going to want to write that check. Really? Yeah. It's like giving away your nuts. You know, it's like a squirrel giving nuts away. Even though if he's getting a bag backpack, you still don't want to give your nuts away. Uh, gonna hold on to your nuts. Oh, that's gonna come out bad. <laughs> We're having a hell of a show. We're so glad you could join us, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. There's only like eight minutes left, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the torture will only last so long. And let us know why the hell you stuck around this long. <laughs> Love to hear from you. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you can send us an email at love at latenightlove.us. We would go to our anchor slash latenightlove.us page and yeah, we give us a voice message. We'd love to hear why the hell you listen to this one this long. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just another Saturday night. <laughs> okay, this is more serious. And this is based on the red green. Thing. What if you are not an attractive person? Ooh. Well, hopefully you realize you're not an attractive person. So then at least 
you're not having some false sense of of uh, ego because then your ego gets crushed but let's look out in the world and unattractive people are successful they often find attractive spouses because what's ultimately most important to the right person is what's inside it's not your superficial looks it's the beauty inside of you that will speak to the person you should be with because if someone doesn't see the beauty inside of you it you doesn't matter yeah you don't want them anyway and so if that oh, i wish i was beautiful so that person would love me well if they don't love you now they don't love you they love your corporeal form and that's just shallow that's fleeting yeah it's shallow now well it closed some doors that maybe if the other person had been open enough at the time of their lives that could have flourished maybe but i suspect that's more happens on the younger side once you become older you've aged matured you don't really care yeah we've all been through the ringers and we understand and most of us what's, understand what's important what's valuable and what's what's, what's real not. what's real now yeah, and there's but there's also the thing don't necessarily feel bad if you can't see yourself with an ugly person let's be honest if you say well i just well don't try to pretend you can because you're never going to get past it you already have to be there you already have to be the type of person who can see past that and and now maybe that point now maybe you need to do some soul searching and maybe you need to do okay is the physical appearance well maybe that's that maybe that's the experience to where you that's a growth experience and you come to the point where you realize this isn't that important or it doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be that important and the problem is it's the attractive people they have so many other options that they probably never really notice never pay attention and so it's the average to below average person that is open enough to that uh, experience. Well, that certainly opens up the dating pool now, doesn't it? Well, attractive people, we all talk about, there's a lot of talk about, you know, privilege in the societies, but attractive people have their own privilege. It doesn't matter what race gender you are if you are an attractive person it opens doors it simply does you know i got a face for radio so (laughs) my face doesn't open many doors but people have faces that open doors people have smiles that open doors you're a very attractive man don't you know that Doors don't open for me. So You're that's such just, a good-looking fella. I yeah, can't believe you. you anyway, got, yes. You've got that, rose-colored glasses over there, madam. Madam Lovey. So, you know, I appreciate the thought that you have the rose-colored glasses. Uh, sorry. Just saying. 
Now you're gonna make faces at me. Nice. Well, the problem is I'm on camera. I'm live on camera making faces. <laughs> it's been one of those days. And I think we're just going to call it a day. We're like a minute early, but I... Well, I, I do have one last question. Oh, God. Okay. How important is it that you like each other's friends? Oh, I don't care. I don't think it is. Not really. I mean, it's assuming their friends are gangsters or something. I don't think it matters a whole hell of a lot. No, we're talking within normal rates. We're not talking <laughs> yeah. about weird behavior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But do you're, do you just don't. You don't interact with him. What's the big deal? Yeah. What, yeah. What do you care if you if you don't like his bowling friend? You likely don't go bowling with him. So what do you give a crap? Right. You know. Bob's a bit of a loudmouth. Yes, he is. Why do you guys hang out with him? Because he's cool. Yeah, we actually do that kind of stuff. We know we know exactly what they are. And we accept them for who they are. Y'all can tolerate that. Well, in doses. In doses. Right. But there is, well, it just means he does bring something. You can't only be a loudmouth. There is... Has, something he brings, brings something he to brings the table. something to the table he adds something to the mix you know maybe he's insightful maybe he's a philosopher maybe he's got the boat you know <laughs> who knows that's a bit of red green right there <laughs> yeah well it's also a bit true <laughs> The guy with the boat will get, uh, you know, be a little more tolerated, tolerated than the guy with the extra motorcycle, something like that. You know, just saying, you know, because we are men. We're done. <laughs> we will, you know, take the boat. I'll put up with his loud ass. Go, go, send a day on the boat. It's just how we are. <laughs> Oh, and I apologize for that one. And, whoa, now we're over time. See, I should have ended early. No, it's not. It's 1230. <laughs> and that's it for us. Um, oh, I didn't even put banners up today. That's how bad of a show we've had today. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, honey. Well, so I guess it wasn't a bad show. It was just weird. It was different. It this was, is, we're eclectic tonight. Yes. It was. It was. It's a. It was a weird energy all day. All right. So thank you guys for joining us. You can go visit us at latenightlove.us. You can find us at. Um, I think my social media is, is what I post most of us on. Just James. Just uh, Facebook, YouTube, Late Night Love at Facebook, and all the various things. You guys know how to find us. You're smart that way. And we'll see you next week. And please. Please send us an email, love at latenightlove.us. And if you listen to this whole show, tell us why. I really want to know. <laughs> Good night and love everybody. Bye. <laughs>